Welcome to Season 5, Episode 6 of As You Go, a podcast meant to encourage and disciple women who are daily trying to follow Jesus while balancing all the things in their lives, like work, family, friendships, mental and physical health, and so much more. I'm Miranda, hosting alongside our counseling pastor, Kathy Kuhn. Hey, Kathy. Hello, Miranda. <laughs> we are so excited to have our guest, Erica Baggett, with us today. Um, Erica, would you just start off by sharing a bit about who you are, your family, your interests, all the things? Sure. First, thank you for having me. I'm very mm. honored to be here and tell my story. Um, so I'm Erica Baggett. I have a husband, Josh, and a six-year-old son named Hall. Um, so cute. I love that <laughs> I name. I know. It's a great name. Well, it's a great um, name. So my dad's name is Hall. So, and then my middle name is Hall. So in his, uh, in his eyes, there are three Halls in the world. You know, <laughs> Bogey, that's my dad, me, and Hall. Aww. So, and um, what do I enjoy? I, I love to read, um, but I love, I mean, I, I love to read, but then like what I like to read is serial killer books. Okay. 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 We'll have okay. to unpack this. Uh, well, I I'm with. I don't like to read, but I like to watch them. I don't know what that is. I'm still Dang. still trying to get down to the root of that, but yeah. <laughs> I love it, and like it just. I don't know. I, I love that. So I love, um, and watching serial killer documentaries. Mm -hmm. Like it's just. It, I don't know. Okay. I like it. Yeah. All right. And then I my other, I love to work out and uh, run. Running mm -hmm. is my addiction, if you will, and. I love it. Can we? Can you just share with us about your last uh, goal and accomplishment? Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, last week, uh, last Sunday, actually, I my goal was to run a four, a sub four hour marathon, and I PR'd personal record. My mom used to make fun of me for saying PR, so I personal record <laughs> my marathon time um, up in Erie, Pennsylvania. So I ran a. Um, a marathon and I PR'd at three hours and 51 minutes. Absolutely amazing. And once we get more into her story, you're going to learn why that's really amazing. I can't so. even fathom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Erica, can you tell us how you originally got connected with Rolling Hills? Yeah. So um, my husband and I, I'm just going to call him Josh. Josh is my mm -hmm. husband. So Josh and I, um, we were going to another church, uh, and I liked it. It, you know, I didn't have any complaints. I thought it was good. Um, and then our, our, a couple of our neighbors said that they'd be coming to Rolling Hills, and uh, they have two young boys like that play with Hall, who's mm -hmm. my son. And so, uh, you know, I was like, okay, I'll go. But I was, I don't know, I just was resistant a little bit because mm -hmm. I liked where I was, and I don't love change. So, um. We started coming and to Rolling Hills, and uh, what I think what sold me on making this our church home and like coming here weekly is after one uh, one of the first Sundays we came, Hall goes on the way home from uh, church. He goes, we Josh and I were just talking, and Hall from the back he goes, "Mommy, you know if you're stressed or worried, you can just talk to God." Oh, I was like, <laughs> that was so deep. And I was like, you're right. That <laughs> is amazing. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. The faith Ra of a child. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, speaking of faith of a child, Erica, take us back 
take us back a ways. Um, tell us about your faith journey, what that looked like growing up. Um, so I, um, I was privileged enough, uh, I, uh, blessed, if you will, to be born in America. I know that sounds super cheesy, but like, you know, no, it is. Yeah. Uh, we get to, uh, worship in a free country. And so I was born and raised in Franklin, Tennessee, and we went to church every Sunday, every time the doors were open. And yeah. so, um, we, we, uh, I was raised in church, uh, went to a, a Christian school and, uh, just, that's how I have like, um, that's how I just, I knew I had like a moral compass because I was raised and my mom did such a good job of, and my dad just of, um, showing me right from wrong. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. You had a significant life event, um, that happened a few years back. Will you share, share that journey with us, share that story with us and with our listeners? Yeah. Um, it's a lot. Um, so October and please bear with me, Miranda. I, I, because of the injury that I have, details are not my greatest thing. Right, so right. just give me a second to yep, you are work you it out. It. You got it. Okay. So, um, on October 19th, 2018. So the five year anniversary is coming up next month. Um, Josh and I were headed with our with our then sixteen month old Hall son. We were going down to our our alma mater, Ole Miss, mm -hmm. uh, for a football game. And um, Hall had fallen asleep in the back seat, and so we were gotten to right around Memphis area, and um, he woke up from his nap and just started screaming. You know, babies do. They just loop cry a lot. Right. So no, I was in the passenger seat and nothing would comfort him. So, you know, I would reach in the back seat. I was like, oh, it's okay. You know, nothing worked. Josh tried. So um, we were on the interstate and I took off my seatbelt to get in the back seat with him just so he could make eye contact with me. Sure. In those 10, 15 seconds, we were, I was unrestrained. Uh, we were hit by an 18 wheeler. Yeah. Um, not the end um, <laughs> <laughs> um and so you know we'll get to the, the the bad stuff before the good stuff um i was ejected from the car and i was i landed in the median and um uh then so josh you know after our car spun he got out of the car after it stopped spinning and he came he found me and bless josh i mean we had a 16 month old son who was screaming and then like he wasn't sure if his wife was alive or dead, you know. Right. So um, he finds me in the median, and uh, someone calls the police, and I'm airlifted from the median of the uh, highway to Regional 1 Trauma Center in Memphis. Where, um, so then, long story, Josh wasn't sure what hospital I was going to, so then, you know, that was just... Mm small details but they yeah. found me and um i was in from the scene of the accident to the memphis icu i was in a coma for six weeks wow mm -hmm. and then um when i was when i regained consciousness from my coma 
um, and I was able to track with my eyes because for so long I like I was awake but I couldn't track. So then once I I was able to track in uh, with my eyes, they transferred me down to the Shepherd Center Brain Injury Rehabilitation Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Where um, I remained inpatient for two months following the coma. Um, and I, so my injury is uh, a level three diffuse axonal injury, traumatic brain injury. Mm. How about that? Is that on a mouthful? That <laughs> is, I'm uh-huh. so impressed that you can say all that. Which <laughs> your chance of survival at this point is what? Right. So I'll shorten it because the, the doctors did it. So it's, I have a level three DAI TBI. So, um, oh, I joke with Josh. I was like, our next baby, let's name her D-A-I-T-B-I. And he was like, that's not funny. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) So, um, but that injury, the mortality rate is 61%. Wow. Erica, wow. Until they're all gone. Right. I'll never hear it. I'll just never hear it. So, um, I was transferred down to the Shepherd Center in Atlanta, um, and I uh, had to relearn everything. Hmm. I had to relearn how to put on clothes. Um, I, I uh, had, to relearn, had to relearn how to walk, dress, talk, uh, swallow water, mm-hmm. um, grab for stuff, everything. Just things that we would all absolutely take for granted. Yeah. That we can do every day. I had to like shower with people and like not to be indecent, but like that I was such a fall risk that I had to wear um, this belt. And uh, so I, they wouldn't let me walk. I had to be in a wheelchair, but then when I would stand up, I had to wear a belt and Josh would walk me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that that was demoralizing. It was just Mm -hmm. very. Mm -hmm. And, so, and you said your son was 16 months yes. at the time of the accident. So mm-hmm. you're, so how was that for you, just knowing? Well, so cognitively I wasn't aware of really anything until later on mm-hmm. in my uh, stay at she- the Shepherd Center. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I can remember this. So I... Um, in my right arm, I'm not going to pretend to know what the medical term is, but I, I uh, grew, so I dislocated my arm and I, um, in a car accident, and I, so I grew another bone. Don't know. Mm. Yeah. So I was like this for, I had, I had to have two surgeries on my arm. I was like this for six, seven months. But while we were at the Shepherd Center, Hall um, started to fall off the bed. And I went to, like, grab him. And, like, so, like, I knew that in my soul, like, I'm his mother. I've got to take care of him. But, like, I didn't know where I was. And I didn't know, you know, anything else. But I I knew that I, I couldn't let him fall hit the ground. That is incredible. That is incredible. Um, anything else you just want to share with us? Any other details or just... So how long from the time the accident occurred, um, how you were at the uh, rehabilitation mm-hmm. center for how long? Two months. Two months. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you went back home. Yes. And what was that like? 
Um, so, it, so it, it's it's funny to me um, because well, it, it's just it's it's beautiful to me because I shouldn't be here. You know, like there's mm-hmm. a sig- there was a sixty one percent mortality rate mm-hmm. r- mortality rate to my injury, and I got a second chance at life. And most people don't. Mm-hmm. And so when I got home, I couldn't drive. And I couldn't, I didn't, I was just confused. You know, I was just, like, and I thought we lived in Mississippi. And, like, there was no telling me that um, that this was Tennessee. And so my dad and uh, Josh took me uh, down to Broadway. Mm. And um, they were like, see, look, this is, like, uh, <laughs> So they were like, look, see, this is Tennessee. And I go, oh, my gosh, like, Memphis is trying to be just like Nashville. Because, like, Memphis is super close to Oxford, Mississippi. And so I was, like, in my head, like, I was trying to rework, like, this is Mississippi. And there is no telling me that it's not. So um, I was just confused. But then my neurologist kept telling Josh, kindly, just keep, just correct her. Just tell her. I know you think it, but it's not. And then they drove me by my uh, um, high school where I went to school, and like it, did, nothing clicked. I was like, "This is Mississippi." So. It was just that's what you had in yeah. your in your mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's quite quite a journey. Can you tell us what did you learn about the Lord um, through the accident and the journey of recovery? Well, so. Pre-accident, um, you know, I, I was a Christian. I, like I said, I was born and raised um, in the church, and um, I went to uh, a Christian school. So I, I, I was a surface-level Christian pre-accident. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to um, college, and, you know, I was – the chaplain, I claimed to be a Christian. And I was, like, I believe that Jesus died for me. I, you know, but it was very surface level. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, then the car accident happened. Mm. And um, it brought me so low. It humbled me. But it, 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 it just showed me that um, I need Jesus. I need help. And I can't do it on my own. And, like, you know, I, I was very prideful. Like, I could do this on my own. Like, leave me alone. And, but then, like, the Lord, not that, you know, he, Jesus is going to break everyone, but, like, I needed that. And so he said, you know, it broke me. And he said, I know you looked away, but I'm here. I've always mm. been here. Oh, Let wow. me help you. Mm. So... How would you say your life has changed? Like what, in terms of what does it look like now? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, like I said earlier, you know, I shouldn't be here. If we're looking at the numbers statistically, I shouldn't be here. So every morning I get up and I run. And one of my first prayers is, thank you for letting me be on the wake up list you know like like thank you and like i i get to run 26 miles and i get to choose to do that and run myself till i'm 
you know, half dead, clearly, you know. And so I, I just, I, I now, I, I, I look and, you know, I, I run. And um, so it's changed because I, you know, I wasn't a runner pre-accident. So now I run and I pray every day. And I thank the Lord for waking me up, like I said, and for showing me that he is he is there and he wants to help me he calls me friend you know and after everything i've done that's wrong and i will do that's wrong he he's like i'm here let me help you so I, he's taught me to trust him and that's what i really learned throughout this accident is just i can't do it alone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And gratitude, it yeah. sounds like. Yes, just gratitude <laughs> yeah. for every little thing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And she is somebody that just exudes gratitude and joy. Um, so, so grateful to know you. Would you share in what ways, I guess, has the Lord provided you opportunities to use your story to speak life into other people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I work for a an outpatient clinic um, in Tennessee um, that specializes in neurological diagnoses. <laughs> so I don't go around to like hospitals or providers' offices and be like, "Hey, I have a DITBI. I almost died. Let's talk about it." But because <laughs> no one really cares, you know what I mean. But. Um, when I'm in one of my clinics and I see uh, people introduce me as a, as a shepherd alum and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'm a shepherd alum. And like, don't let anyone tell you that it's not hard because it's hard. Mm. It is so hard, but it's worth doing the work. And so I, and the way I got my job is through an orange theory. I, I met uh, a woman and we were doing a competition and she looked at me and she goes, I'm not listening to the coach. I'm trying to beat you. So we started talking about after <laughs> after this competition. And I was like, so what do you do? And she was like, oh, I work for a, um, an outpatient clinic that specializes in brain injury. And I go, no, no. That's why I said, I go, no, no. And she goes, yeah, I do. Why are you saying that? And I was like, I have a traumatic brain injury. And, and she was like, what? You? I, I was just trying to beat you because you were working out so good and so fast. And I was like, yeah, I have a TBI. And so that, that I think that was like a little God week in my life because I wasn't looking for a new job. Mm. And it just like fell into my lap. And so now I get to go share my story. Because my, what happened to me, it, it sucked. But I get to go tell people about, you know, how it's, it's hard, but do the work. Right. Mm. That's mm. amazing. And... I would assume you're kind of a symbol of hope for people, too, because you've, I mean, obviously there's still challenges and everything, but you have survived. You have come out on the other side mm-hmm. and look at your life now. So that that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there are there challenges that you still face? Yeah. Um, so um, through the TBI, I can't smell or taste. And so when, you know, I still every morning after, you know, I, I'm praying, like, thank God for letting me be on the wake up list. You know, I do. I pray for my smell, my taste to return. But 
if it doesn't come back, Mm -hmm. if it does not come back, gosh, I want to be able to smell and I want to be able to taste. But, you know, if it doesn't, like, it gives me so much perspective of the loss of my, of my senses because, like, look how far the Lord brought me, you know, and, like, I shouldn't, gosh, I shouldn't be here. And Mm. That's amazing. And, Erica, what would you say that you want your legacy to be? My legacy. Mm. Let's see. Well, I really want this podcast, my life, my social media. Like, I don't want it to be about me. I don't. I want I want to know Christ more and I want to make him more known. Mm. And what happened to me, like I said, it sucked. But I want to tell my story and give him the glory because look how far I've come and I, I get I get to be a wife and I get to be a, a mom. Mm. And that that's so great to me and you know, I get you know, I get to wash their 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 clothes, and I'll you know I'll complain about it, but like it's it's a privilege because I sh- again shouldn't be here, and hmm. I'll, I'll complain about it, but I'll do it. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 a, it's a privilege. Yeah, it really does put things into perspective. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. It really does. Wow. Uh, I mean, this this the TBI. It, it sucked, but it's a gift. It, it, honestly, it's a gift. It, it, it was a, I mean, obviously it was a gift I never wanted because I would love to smell and taste again, but it got my life on track and it was, so it was a gift and it just showed me that what's important. And I think, I think, I think Jesus was saying like, I'm here. I never left your side. You mm. left me, but I'm come back. And so I came back and gosh, I'm so glad I did cuz I'm so I I'm I'm happy. Mm. We are so glad you're yes. here. Yeah. <laughs> and what a great reminder that he never leaves us. Amen. Amen. Um, if you had to choose one word to describe this current season for you, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Can I do like two? Sure, okay. go for it. <laughs> don't don't get mad. So, I not to blame my TBI, but but to blame my TBI. So like in my head, I, you know, I have a constant ringing noise, like like mm. like all day, except when I'm running. Cause that's I think that's why I started running. Oh, wow. Like I when I run, like it's gone, and I'm able to clearly like pray mm-hmm. and like talk to like it just love it so but I get overwhelmed by the little things Mm. like when I'm not running so it's overwhelming but it's gratifying so it when I when I'm able to like ground myself so what I'll do a lot is I'll like turn around and I'll count to three or I'll count from 30 to zero backwards and then I'll just breathe and then go about it so it's overwhelming but but it's gratifying Hmm. That's fair. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think that's true for good. everyone. Yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, it really is. I think it's so important when we get overwhelmed. Like, yeah. 
to find that place of gratitude. Yes. It doesn't mean things aren't hard, right. but it always helps to remember the things that we have to be grateful for. Well, Erica, thank you. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your journey. What an incredible story of what God can do, what God does, who God is. And living that out and being grateful for the life that you have and recognizing that every minute counts, right? Every moment we're, we're here counts. Yes. And he has a plan and he has a purpose for you. Mm-hmm. And God is using you in so many ways. And it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing to see. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all for having me. Ladies, thank you so much for listening to our As You Go podcast. If you are interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. As You Go podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks so much for tuning in.